Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC, featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations, because great radio is still fresh the second time around. You know, lack of execution. Um, you know, starting with myself again. There's, there's things that um, I definitely could have done better. Um, you know, and you know, I think us as a unit. You know, we, we all take accountability and we all, you know, look in the mirror first. And you know, we, we talked to, you know, Coach Wright made that point. Um, you know, with us in the locker room of, you know, us being a, a team and a unit that looks in the mirror and, and, and takes accountability. And you know, that's what we put out, put out on tape. That's what we had. So now we have to figure out. You know, we, we have to learn from it. We have to own it and you know, look to get better. But again, it, it's a team. It's a team effort. It, it's all of us, you know, top to bottom, again, we, we take complete accountability of what happened, so obviously, you know, we, we want to improve and be better. You knew that Bryce Young was going to have the right answers, uh, the right uh, tone of accountability. He wasn't going to blame his offensive line, even though, obviously, the pass protection is the number one thing to blame for the offensive struggles. A big old goose egg in the points column. Uh, that was Bryce after the game. And uh, we got to recap it, man. We got to talk through this. I have to be honest with you, Bone. The text line in the first hour was way worse than I even thought it would be. Way worse. Like, I had made the now stupid comment to start the show about how it's how out of, out of control, angry, and crazy the texts were during the game and after the game on Saturday. But I said, I bet that now that people have time to think about it, they'll tone it down a little bit. You would think some of y'all just watched the game a minute ago, and it was an NFL playoff game. I, I am... I guess I shouldn't be shot. Troll bell. Troll bell. We've been doing this. You just play that for the whole show underneath. <laughs> just play that underneath the whole time. And again, not you're not, you're not a troll. Not not everybody's a troll. No, not, not all like, of them. Some some of you are just despondent Panther fans that have been so hurt and wounded over the last five years that you see a terrible Whoa. preseason game. Don't get me wrong. It was a terrible preseason game. And you immediately conclude the rest of the season will look just like Saturday. Like, I get it, man. These are wounded, scarred individuals, Bone, in Panther Nation. And they are reverting right back to the panic that they did the whole rule era. <laughs> I've, been, I've been beefing with a guy, apparently for a while, named T. Again, send in your thoughts, 704-570-9610. I think his name is T. Bose, unless he's French and it's T. Bose. Uh, I'm not sure exactly. Uh, Mag, we've been going back and forth having a little argy-bargy here. And then at the end, I find out, well... 
Panthers aren't even my favorite team, he says. <laughs> Who do you root for? Well, I'm a Steelers fan. Then why, why are you so despondent? What are you so upset about? Yeah, move on. Wait, wait. Yeah, move my on with your day. Go watch, uh, go watch Kenny Pickett. His small hands. Pickett the Pickens, baby. That one worked against Tampa on uh, Friday night. All right, Mac and Bone with you. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. What is your reaction? And I guess I know now many of them will still be extreme. What is your reaction, whether they're extreme, whether they're measured, just fire them in here, man. We appreciate y'all are listening. Uh, we really got to help everybody cope. I think I'm going to focus on that in the next three hours, helping Coping. people cope rather than arguing. Because I tried to argue with a lot of people on the text line. Front. I'm going to try to help people cope. It's just a preseason game. Frank Reich told the whole world how vanilla it was. He says, we have new schemes on offense and defense. So we went majorly vanilla. I don't want to show anything. I want the Atlanta game to be the first time you really see what we're doing with this new offense. Yes. So I think that makes sense. With that said, though, the pass protection was absolutely horrible. There, there is, there's, and, and, and I will question Frank Reich and, and, and James Campen and the staff for why the hell did Michael Jordan get a, get, get a series with the first team at right guard. I, I honestly don't think the guy should be on the football team right now. I think he should be cut. I think he's t I think he's a terrible football player. And freaking Matt Rule called him the brand, and I never understood that. And uh, then they put him at right tackle, and he, he got beat there. He gave up sacks from two different positions. Um, gave up a pressure early on Bryce as well when he was playing right guard when he didn't pick up a stunt. We had trouble with stunts. Even Icky had trouble with stunts. So I'm not here to deny that the offensive line pass protection was terrible. But please. Because you're disappointed, but you're not in panic mode. That's the difference between us and some people right now. The, it's okay to be disappointed, and that's what you are. The, the Michael Jordan thing I don't get. And if he's ever on the field with Bryce Young ever again, I will run onto the field if it's a home game. And I will literally hug Bryce and protect him. Because, like, that's just that, – that, you talk about malpractice. Michael Jordan, his erroneous, should not be out there protecting the franchise. This he's man not, was a bona fide scrub. He's not capable of doing it. And, and listen, that right guard spot is scary. I don't know if Cade Mays is ready for it yet. He might still be kind of a depth utility guy at this point. Um, Justin McCray was pretty damn solid. 16 pass pro snaps, including one, one series with the first team at right guard. Didn't give up any pressures. He should probably be the guy that runs with the ones. But until we get Corbett back... I think we're going to be holding our breath. Now, what do you think to the guy that says, uh, well, you guys can rip Michael Jordan all you want, but Icky looked like trash. There's a bust pick for you, Bone. How do you respond to that? Icky's a bust pick. Well, I think that is entirely wrong. You talk about, we're talking about being disappointed, not overreacting. The Icky is a bust pick. I mean, come on, man. He played really well as a rookie. He had an off day the other day, as did most of the offensive line. What's scary to me about that guard spot is one of the, the main takeaways that we had on the, the scrimmage against the, the Jets was that guard spot was a problem then, and it transitioned right into the actual game. So it's one thing if they played well in the, in the scrimmage and then they didn't play well in the game. It was not a good performance on Wednesday or on Saturday, and I think that's the alarming part about that particular spot on the offensive line. I think we did not – we did not – pay as much attention as we should have when Corbett went out. And when we realized Corbett's not going to be there at the start of the season. It's a bigger problem than we all made it out to be. We're included. Absolutely right? is. We thought they just plugged Cade Mays in. Oh, this guy's going to be good. And it doesn't look like he's ready. We also thought Corbett for a while, we didn't really know exactly his status for the beginning of the year either. We thought, hey, he should be back for the regular season. It's yeah. probably going to be a few weeks. Although they did tell us, remember during the off-season workouts, they did tell us. 
He's not going to be ready for the start of the season. Yeah. So, I mean, we've we've known for a while it's going to be another right man, guard. One man you can't shake in the hallway. You know, Pam was here forever, but Pam had a different outlook on stuff than our traffic guy, Boomer Von Cannon. Yeah, slightly different. Saw Boomer in the hallway. He said, and he said, so great to have football backbone on Saturday. Oh, so he's looking at the positive. Oh, yeah. Boomer saw football back. Get, until, Boomer, <laughs> until Boomer Von Cannon gets rattled, I'm not getting rattled. <laughs> we got football back, baby. I don't the know. Dog house. I don't know if I'm ever going to want to watch it if it looks like that again, but we got it back. Boomer what is you? never Boomer is never uh, shooketh on the performance of the Panthers. What did y'all think um, was the biggest worry? Like, what is your biggest cause for all the distress that is on the text line? 704-570-9610. Send those texts into us. Let us know. And then the question has to be, Bone, like, okay, so... These things are wrong. The backup tackles, we talked about them all first hour. The combination of Irving and Larnell Coleman, who are our first two backup tackles, and then Jordan got some reps to tackle too, that group is terrible. Like, that is a bad group of backup tackles. So if we, if one of our tackles goes down, we got real problems. I get what people are saying about Icky. He got beat real early. Um, pass protection last year was all right. I mean, it, he wasn't great at it last year, honestly. He got better, you know, there in the middle of the season after a slow start. But he still has to make a jump. And I get it. Um, he had a – I really thought he only gave up one pressure. I know PFF said two. The other one, he just kind of got beat off the stop but was able to kind of cut him off and force him around, Bryce. Michael Jordan's the one that gave up that pressure. Um, this is the most we've talked about Michael Jordan messing up in a while. <laughs> we thought we were done. We thought he sold the team. <laughs> My God. Michael Jordan's and Charlotte sports are a horrible combination. Maybe maybe we need to assign Plotkin and Schnall to replace Michael Jordan. This texture says, I'm with you guys. What we saw on Saturday was horrible, but I'm not sure a lot of it carries over. What do you worry, Bone, that from this game that carries over? To the regular season, or are you totally dismissing it? It's it's hard. Again, it's it's hard. It's hard to really gauge in 2023 what carries over in these games. I, I think that that guard spot until Corbett gets back, I think, is going to be a continuous problem unless someone steps up or they sign someone. You said it in hour number one, and you're correct. When you have an offensive line problem, we've seen this here before. When you have an issue on the offensive line, whether it be tackle or guards. That's not that's not easy to replace that. That's not like a guy that can carry the football or a, or a tight end that can go over the middle, perhaps, that you need. When you got to replace something on the offensive line, that can be something that perhaps you can plug in there or it may be an, a lingering issue for a while. That's what that's my concern. I still think we're good Especially at the depth part of it. I think we're, we're still good at four starting spots on that O-line. Uh, Christensen, Bozeman, and Moten didn't give up one pressure. Um... Icky did get beat on that one. There's no denying it. I still think he's got so much freaking talent, and James Camp is such a good coach. I think Icky's going to get better this year. Moten, I think, is real solid. It's right guard, and it's the depth. It's the tackle depth that I'm worrying about the most. Like, I'm not on here to try to sugarcoat. Although I do think McCray, like, I want them to start McCray against the Giants on Friday night, and I want to see what he's got. Because he played well, and no one's talking about him because we're all focusing on the dudes that were terrible. You know, and this isn't even being funny here. On my list of players that that balled out, Derek Brown and his time in there was really good. I got to tell you, Johnny Hecker was incredible. 
Johnny Hecker's in regular season yeah, four. Hecker, Hecker and Jansen were on the field as much as the officials were the other day. <laughs> How about the fact that on the broadcast they mic'd up uh, Jansen and oh, Hecker? Oh, it was great. Jansen, the word is out on the specialists. They're not our little secret anymore. No. The specialists now are multimedia stars in the Queen City. There is no denying it, man. They're just amazing. I think J.J. probably just mic'd himself up and saw what's sitting there. <laughs> it yeah. was supposed to be Hecker, and then J.J. said, oh, I found a mic sitting around. We'll both do it. They were dancing. They're having a good time. Oh man! Can but I no, ask? Hecker, Hecker, I, I, that was a takeaway. Hecker, what good? God bless Vin Greasy. Correct. He says no worries. We're talking about preseason. I think they're worries, but it's, uh, it's not cause for total freakout. Bone, I'm going to give you a challenge here. Oh no! Name a player other than who we mentioned in the first hour. I mentioned Derek Brown, Frankie Louvu, Horn, and Dante. Give me another player that looked good on Saturday. It deserves some love. Said good. Yeah. How much time? You said this is a challenge. Is this a <laughs> is this a time challenge? Are you struggling? Uh, Sam Franklin, our guy had, had an pick. I, he had an INT, brought it back twenty four yards. Say Sam Franklin on that list. I honestly, that. I think there were a lot of defensive guys that flashed no, there individually. Was. The, Amari, the, 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 the uh, starting DBs look good. Amari Barno was amazing. I watched that first half back again last night, and he made, there were things he was doing I didn't even notice live. He had a sack on third down. He had multiple pressures on other third downs. He had to play in the run game. Again, he's 6'6", 240. So he's supposed to get tossed around like a rag doll in the run game, right? That's, that's what we fear with him and his size. He had to play in the run game where he was getting th- uh, pushed down to the ground, but still got a handout, tripped up the running back, and, and basically sealed that edge and allowed the linebacker to come up and make the play. I thought, and he had, and he had the opening kickoff tackle. I thought yeah. Amari Barna was awesome. And, and that's the thing. Derek Brown was awesome. Like, Aluva was flying around. I really thought Bone. Grugier Hill had a pass. Grugier Hill had a bunch and multiple plays. Had a special teams yep. tackle. Had a play on the edge where he set up, uh, forced the guy wide, and Keith Taylor made the tackle. I I thought Corey Wooten at linebacker played really good. Um, Chandler, saw, Chandler Wooten. Chandler Wooten. Yeah. Who's Corey Wooten? Is that a guy or did I just make a guy up? <laughs> I thought there were a bunch of defensive guys that played well. Offense, it's really hard to find. I mean, we got to go to Derek Wright and Spencer Brown to find anybody on offense that really deserves credit. Javon Wimps had two for 23. He had two catches there. There you go. Shy had one for 20. Giovanni Ricci, he had uh, one for 14. And, uh, huh. Hmm. Shy had a penalty, though, that got him called out by Steve Smith yeah, on he TV did. He did. as well. Uh, he got hurt, though, but got back in there. C.J. Henderson's getting some love on the text line. Had a big third down pass breakup. So there were a bunch of players that were – I'm going to be honest with you. The defense bone, all the defense gave up. Like the first-team defense, obviously, they couldn't get off the field on the third downs there for a while, right, early on, the first three third downs, third and shorts. Um, But what the Jets did mostly on offense were screen passes and bootlegs. They killed us. They killed us. They ran five screen passes, completed every one of them, and and we were blocked on almost all of them. And then the bootlegs, like our backup, and it wasn't the first team. It was the backup defenders were completely fooled. I think think it was because, like, you've got backups in their bone that are fighting for spots and trying to make an impact, and I think they're really aggressive. So things like screens and bootlegs, you know what I mean? They're like misdirection-type things. I think they used... The aggression of our backups kind of against us over and over again on those plays. Felt like in a like they were hitting big plays. Felt like in know? a battle of basics in terms of what was being run. They yeah, had, yeah. they they had more of a of a basic plan that worked. 
because they got protection. Zach Wilson also already had his feet wet from game number one. Uh, he played in the game already. Felt like he was comfortable. It felt like their basic was just a better version of basic than what we provide. I don't think we ran a boot or a screen. To be honest, we didn't have a lot of time for anything. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think we ran either one of those. Again, Frank Reich didn't want to really show much of anything. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. Yeah! Before we can get to more Panthers content, the text line, justifiably so, brought it to my attention that I immediately need to apologize to Aldi. I am sorry. It is a great grocery store chain that got me through hard times in college. No, they don't have name brand stuff. That was my only point. But they got me through on a budget. And it doesn't matter if I have to put a quarter into the shopping cart to go shop there. Totally fine. They got me through. The only brand name stuff that I would get in college from there is Capri Sun and Oreos. And everything else was some kind of knockoff. But it still was a very good grocery store. So I appreciate everybody defending Aldi saying it was an insult. Wes, that's how you know it's a bad day. If it's an insult to Aldi's to actually say that Michael Jordan was that brand of a grocery right. store. Because it was only Fitty saying, hey, he's the brand, right? And I was saying, you know, all these doesn't have name brand stuff. Can we just throw some hype on Lidl before we start talking Carolina Panthers stuff, though? Because it's cheap. There's so much stuff to get, and they have a lot of name brand stuff or not. It doesn't matter what you want. Lidl is legit. Uh, yeah, I can't front. I've, I've been in both of them. I, I wasn't that impressed. You're not a fan back. of Lidl? Yeah. yeah you're bougie, aren't you? Like, you're a little grocery store bougie, it <laughs> no, seems I'm like. I'm a food line guy. I like food line, Harris Teeter. Oh, Flounder just came in here and ripped food line, saying they were below every single grocery store well, that we were talking about. That's his opinion. All right. I'm a food line guy. <laughs> Carolina, baby. 704-570-9610. Let's read some other texts, the, the ones that weren't defending grocery store chains. 704 said new head coach, new coordinators, new system, rookie QB, number of starters not playing. Give it time, folks. Formal Tim wrote in, sorry, Walker, if you immediately have to go to the depth to defend against poor performance, that's just a kind way of saying our ones sucked against their twos. If they're that deep, then we, can, we can't look that bad. Then go ahead and pencil the Jets in for the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, I guess I get the gist of your point. 704, you're all over it, Walker. Thank you, Fly for Wine Guy. It was 3-0 and when the Jets starters were pulled from the game. A couple more texts I'll get to. Uh, 980 said, my issue is that we were so generic 
I felt like we were missing out on valuable evaluation and practice snaps. Like, Wright looked good on some plays, but can he catch in the red zone? We don't know because we didn't get into the red zone. And so, 980 saying right there, my issue is that we were so generic. Frank Reich told us that himself after the game. He said, we were pretty vanilla. And let's go to that Frank Reich soundbite right now, Fiddy. Here's the head coach discussing just how much they did not want to show on offense against the Jets. We're very generic now. We did nothing, you know, in our scheme, nothing. Um, That's not an excuse. Um, I expected us to do a lot. So we kept it simple so that we could do a lot, so that we didn't have to think much, so that we could just evaluate one-on-one play. And so we, we need to do better there, but as a coaching staff, we really didn't make it. We weren't trying to put the guys in the best position, you know, the whole game with um, really in, in any phase. So I'm not saying that they were. I don't know what their game plan was. I just know what our philosophy has been, what my philosophy has been in preseason. And when you're a new coaching staff, I just don't want to show too much. Some teams don't know the things we're going to do. And I, there's some of it I'm willing to take a little, I'm, I'm willing to take it on the chin a little bit in preseason to hide some things that we're going to do in the regular season. I think we got our first bad comment from Frank Reich. (laughs) To say that we didn't put the guys in the best position to succeed is the individual part that I have a problem with. Because I have no problem with him being truthful about how vanilla they were. Guys, every coach does it. Every single coach in the NFL isn't allowing you to see exactly what is on on their play chart. That's not what they're allowing you to see. You can go to some of the other better offensive coordinators, offensive-minded coaches in the preseason. They're not showing everything in preseason week one, week two, or week three. So I have no problem that they were vanilla. The, the, the comment is what I have more of a problem with than what actually took place on the field. It's, well, don't tell us that you didn't put the guys in the best position to succeed. I guess he's taking ownership for it. So you could argue that positive, that this is someone that is not going to blame the players. He's going to put the onus on himself as to why they didn't perform up to par. But Wes, I have to imagine this was the comment you were discussing in the first segment that you had a problem with, too. Yeah, I didn't like how that sounded. I'm not going to put the guys. When have you ever heard? I've never heard a coach say that. That's in a my weird comment. Life. You're not wrong. Let's say I did not put the players in a position to succeed. You have guys trying to make this team. Their football lives are on the line each and every time they step out there. So I guess you're just going by practices and how they do up against uh, the Carolina defense as far as how you're going to evaluate them. Because other than that, I can't fathom how you're going to evaluate them up against other teams if you're not going to put them in a position to succeed. And then my last thing, and you can roll, I said, man, you sure are putting a lot of pressure on what you're going to bring to the regular season. You don't have to run everything that you're going to do, but Jesus. I mean, you you were speaking about this like you have some type of special offense that the league has never seen that's about to be unleashed. Like, we're going to get to the regular season, and it's going to be a lot of stuff that we've seen before. So I'm like, come on, man. Like, what are you going to be showing that is going to get you beat in week one? I think we've seen enough from Frank Reich in the regular season with Colts offenses that I do believe him, that he's not going to be showing a lot of stuff in preseason, and the offense is going to work. Because we have to remember, who is the best quarterback Frank Reich ever got to work with? It was Andrew Luck in his last season in the NFL. And then he didn't get two seasons with any other starting QB the rest of his tenure as the Colts head coach. If he coaches Bryce Young next season, he'll have beat any quarterback link that he had time with in the Colts. Right? Like in the Colts organization. So, to me... 
I think I do trust his offensive system along with what I do think is an all-star coaching staff. Quote, unquote, I don't want to be Vince Young talking about the Eagles' dream team here. I do not want to put that on the Panthers. But we do like a lot of what the coaching staff has accomplished in their previous stops with different teams. I, I think, Wes, I don't know if he really meant what he said there. You know, <laughs> we didn't put the guys in the right position to succeed. And he said it with intent, which is the problem, I think, for most fans. Like, uh, can I ask why? Can I, aren't you supposed to be putting guys in Correct. the best position to succeed? I think there are different. You should split that comment up. One, you shouldn't say the last part, in my opinion. Just don't say it. Even if you do mean it, man, just don't say that to the people. Right. Say that you're vanilla. That's okay, because every coach is. No coach is showing you everything that they have in their arsenal. But maybe we just leave out the whole I didn't put the guys in the best position to succeed and act like it was intentional to do that because that's the weird part about all of it. Do you want to see more of the game plan that you expect to evaluate in the regular season? In game, like How much should they show in game two, Wes? I want to see at least a little bit for the players' sake. Like I'm just trying to figure out how you can evaluate guys based off how they fit into your system if you don't run at least a little bit of the system in live competition. Like, you can have a basic set of vanilla plays, and then you can throw in a few others that are what you're going to be doing once the regular season starts. Now, I have not been in an NFL locker room to be able to know uh, how this all works as far as how they game plan preseason, but I'd like to think that you at least will do a little bit of what you're doing to be able to evaluate well, how does this guy fit into the system? Of course, you know, John Domingo is going to fit. You drafted him in the second round. Of course, you know, DJ Chark and Adam Thielen and those guys are going to fit. Those are your starters. But as far as some of the reserves go, I just don't know how you can judge. I mean, I get it. He said he wanted to keep it basic and just see how they do doing basic things. But again, just the optics and, and, and just how everything sounded, what he said, just was not a good look for him coming out of this first game. So that's Frank Reich on how vanilla they were. Here's Bryce Young discussing if it's hard to get into a rhythm when the play calling is so generic. Um, I mean, you know, for me, I don't look at that as an excuse. Um, you know, we we're all, you know, they're they're we're all calling plays. We're all trying to execute each play. We're trying to score every drive. Um, so regardless of what the play calls may be or what happened, you know, again, obviously, you know, there's a bigger picture and there's a, you know, the coaches are, you know, they're handling things the way that they want to. You know, they, they obviously it's not just um, random. They have a plan. They, there's there's a reason we do what we do. Um, but for us, we're not, you know, we don't go out there and hear a play call and think, oh, let's not, you know, we, we, we want to go out there and execute. Um, that's not an excuse for us. Um, you know, we, we had good plays being called um, all night. And again, we, we didn't execute. So that's on us. That's on me. Um, first and foremost, and us as a unit, as a group. Um, so, you know, again, we got to go watch the tape and, and go learn from it. It's a very, it's a very, what have you done for me lately type of world we live in when it comes to evaluation, the NFL, NBA, whatever sport you want to roll with. And I get it. But when we discuss how bad Iki Aquanu looked, okay, you are going against a good defensive line. I don't want to give any excuses. But what am I supposed to put more stock into, Wes? His rookie season, where he looked like a bright up-and-comer and maybe the best tackle taken of that three-headed monster, Evan Neal, Charles Cross, Iki Kwanu coming out? Should I take into effect what happened in his first season under Matt Rule? Or should I take into consideration what took place in the first three series of a preseason game number one? What should I put more stock into? Because to me, it's pretty damn logical and the right answer to go to what he did his rookie season. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to put more stock into? Taylor Moten 
in preseason game number one or the, what, six-year career that he's had as one of the better right tackles and higher paid right tackles for a reason in the league? What should I put more stock into? Because to me, I should put more stock into the latter rather than the first handful of series that we've ever seen with Bryce Young calling plays or Bryce Young under center with Frank Wright calling plays. What am I supposed to do? Like, Bryce Young didn't even look that bad in my opinion. Right? Like, if we wanted to evaluate solely, th- that's my talk on the offensive line. Right guard, that's a real problem because I know what Michael Jordan's about. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Cade Mays is about with the ones. We we liked him a little bit as a depth piece, but still some problems there. Austin Corbett not going to be ready week one. I don't know when he's going to be ready. Right guard is the thing that I am worried about most as it pertains to the regular season. More than Icky, more than Taylor Moten. More than the offensive line in its entirety. It's right guard, which can blow up a spot. I'm not trying to say that it can't. But I'm not worried about the bookend tackles that we came into this season feeling really good about. Bryce Young, I also am not looking at this game and trying to apply what's going to happen to him in the regular season. Like, there were a couple throws. I mean, he played scared, backed up against his own goal line. But imagine if he got sacked. Imagine if he had a safety. Think about how bad we oh, you got to get rid of the football. Well, he did. I mean, he did, and eventually they lived to punt, and that was about it. These are my thoughts on the offensive line and what I saw from Bryce Young. Well, how I try to go about it, again, is like I said, you know, I try to dig into a little bit of the analytics. Not saying PFF is the end-all, be-all, but I'm looking at an interior with Brady Christensen with a 57 grade last year, Bozeman with a 63, Kay Mays with a 62, uh, also Taylor Moten, they said that he had the worst season of his career at a 69, and Ikea Kwanu had a 65. So, you know, I start there in my mind. I start that this is a, a unit looked at as middle of the pack in terms of the totality of the NFL. So I'm starting with that already in my mind. And then when I come out and look at the the, the play Saturday, of course I'm going to try to try my best to look at it and say, okay, it's preseason. There's time to get better. But it was just like some of the things that I saw, it fits in with the narrative, with the grades, with the perception of this line coming into this season. And so that's why I just continue to say I want to see how this looks as we go forward. Because, yeah, this line did play good football towards the end of the season with a very conservative offense, and they were able to get some things done. But I want to see, as I said, as time continues, how does this line look? Because, again, too, I mean, Brady Christensen was not very good at that left guard spot as well. Then, as I've said since this show started, I go off the fact that in the joint uh, practices that this line was said to have had issues on the interior blocking the Jets up front. Now, granted, this is a really good Jets defense. This is not some slouch defense, and maybe this is the barometer, the wake-up call for this O-line to say, okay, this was a pretty good front that we played against, and we've got some work to do. Because that's the thing that coaches do, and I guess this is where a little bit of my experience can come into it. When you have an outing like they had, your practice week is going to be hell. Okay, it's going to be real bad. It's going to be real physical. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to do a lot of physical drills all week long. And so that can manifest itself in the play the next time you take the field. So that's going to be interesting as well, because I know this offensive line is going to have a heck of a week coming up. Now, how do they respond Friday night? Do they come out even if they play two series, three series, whatever the case may be, do they dominate? on Friday night. That's what I want to see because, again, this practice week, 
It's going to be one for the ages for them as they try to whip them into shape as week one approaches. Yeah, and, and you're, look, Taylor Moten did have the worst grade, according to Pro Football Focus, still at a 69 right at a 70, which isn't awful. And by the way, 82.4 pass blocking grade last season. It was the run blocking that brought that grade down so much. So if you're looking at that, plus Icky is going into his second year. It was a bad first series for Icky. I'd, I don't want to get it twisted. It wasn't good. I'm not looking at Icky with that performance yesterday or on Saturday saying, okay, yeah, I'm cool with that. No, I'm very much not cool with it. I just don't think that's going to happen in the regular season for a guy as talented as he is and with what he showed us last season. Right guard is a problem. What I'm interested to here, Wes, because you're right about Brady Christensen. I think most people, if you ask them when they watch Carolina offensive line play, hey, who do you think is the weakest starter up front? I think most people would go with Brady Christensen. That's why everybody discussed with Chandler Savala being drafted. Maybe he is someone that reunites with Icky on the left side, and then Brady becomes this swing man, this depth piece that you have up front, which I think he's a very good depth piece on the offensive line. What I wonder, too, is with Savala being physically unable to perform on the pup list, came back after a couple of weeks into training camp and doesn't have a lot of snaps right now, came in on the depth chart as the third-string guard at this moment in time. Wes, I think a lot of that has to do with injury. I think a lot of it does. And we didn't see him out there because he's not ready to go, and the right guard spot didn't look good. What I wonder is, could you put Christensen on the right side, or do you just separate Icky and Savala from their college days and just say, hey, I know it's how it was at NC State. It ain't how it is here in Carolina. So go over there and play next to Taylor Moten. I think Savala and his health are going to be very interesting to monitor as we move on. Because was there any right guard that came in and won that job? I mean, it's wide open right now. And you have somebody that you drafted everybody felt good about who can't play. Yeah. Zavala is the one to me. And if he if he gets put into the lineup, if he's ready to go, and he gets put into a preseason lineup and plays well, it's not like he's got an insurmountable mountain to climb to win that starting job, and that's what I'm going to be interested in. And then when Corbett comes back, I hope that he gets adjusted real quickly. The rust is at a minimum, but you have to kind of bake that into the cake. But Corbett, we feel good. That guy was a really good offensive lineman last year. I'm still holding out hope for Savala, if he's healthy, to get in the mix. We love them at NC State. And then hopefully they can be comfortable enough with one another that you just got to hold it down until Corbett comes back. That's definitely what you hope for uh, at this point. And you hope the other guys can improve. But as far as Chandler Zavala goes, yeah, because he's just getting acclimated back to practices we saw last week. And as the rest of this, and I know it's not training camp in the sense that they're still at Wofford, but just in the sense of uh, him acclimating himself, there will be more padded practices, more evaluation for him. Can he emerge and take one of those spots. That's what you want to see, uh, ideally. So if he can come in there and do that and provide some help, that would go uh, a long way. Um, I did want to read one text real quickly on Brady Christensen. 980 said, hey, Christensen had the best grade of the starters on Saturday. He wasn't the issue, which he's right about that. Mm, I, I watched some of that tape. Well, overall, I mean, Icky, Icky was bad. Icky was just flat yeah. out bad. In the run-blocking game, I know he graded high, but pass-blocking, which is what we care about when your first overall pick is out there throwing the football, I want Icky to be better blocking. I mm-hmm. want Taylor Moten to be better blocking. I want any of the right guards to be better. If you were to rank 
the guys you were most surprised about in a negative way or didn't like. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on Christensen maybe not having the greatest game in the world. But you know how it is, too, as an offensive lineman. I mean, if one guy isn't playing well, then that affects a lot. That's why they talk about continuity being so important. No question. And so, look, yes, Christensen probably the weakest overall when you want to go back to what you saw last year. But nobody was great. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to 3. Sit tight and stay locked because Instant Replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. Let's welcome in a man who was on the call alongside our friend Taylor Zarzer and, of course, Carla Gebhardt, just named sports director over at Queen City News, by the way. Carla Gebhardt on the sidelines on Saturday for the first preseason game. Carolina Panthers legend and NFL Network analyst, the great Steve Smith Sr., back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Mr. Smith, how are you this week? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Things are moving and shaking. Football season's back, and I think you and I are both very much in that mode. Um, never a good thing to be blown out and shut out, even if it is preseason football, Steve. But let's start with the positives. A- any positives that you did take away from Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> it's a loaded question. Yeah, there's some positives, right? There's positives all over the field. Right, even in the twenty-seven to zero, uh, you know, you get the goose egg. There were a lot of positives taken out of there. You know, some of the offensive linemen, backup guys, showed that they can really play. Some guys, you know, showed that it's some coaches, some coaching that needs to go on. Uh, that needs to go on, but that, that's just part of the deal, you know. I mean, Sam Frankfurt, Franklin had a great play. A lot of guys stepped up and did well, but collectively. You know, it wasn't the outing that, uh, you know, on the first preseason game that you were, would have expected. No, I think that, that – and so that's why I want to ask you if you think my perspective on it is fair. Um, I don't think you should anyone should overreact to preseason games. And I believe Frank Reich that, you know, he wanted to evaluate one-on-ones and, you know, be bland and generic and vanilla and that sort of thing. But is it okay to say that as fans and media, what's unsettling is seeing that parts of the team that are perceived strengths are supposed to be like the offensive line, you know, kind of losing those battles in the trenches consistently against a bunch of Jets backups. Is that fair, Steve? Well, no, it's not fair because we okay. use the word backup. And just because a guy is – second on the depth chart. You got to understand every starter 
at some point in their life or their their professional career or amateur career, they were a backup, right? Yep. So to say that, well, we lost to a whole bunch of backups. We need to, you know, you need to sell your PSLs and never come to a game because I know people, I know a few people do that, right? Yep. Oh, I'm never coming to a game. That's why I'm not coming to the game. Okay, cool. That's great. You already had your mind made up. So let's let's just go already scamper over that, right? Let's glance over it because you were looking for a reason to complain. Yeah. The thing, the thing with with my observation of being in the press box and watching it in a in a broadcast booth, what I really I struggled with, which has nothing to do with the actual game, is listen to all the people talk about Bryce Young's struggle. Hmm? I would fair. I would say David. I think it was David Nooney tweeted out Bryce Young struggles. I'm watching really? the Arizona, bro. I'm watching the Trey Lance, Trey Lance, San Francisco 49ers play the Arizona Cardinals, and the Arizona Cardinals broadcast is saying C.J. Stroud struggle, Bryce Lance struggle. I mean, uh, Bryce Young struggle, and now Trey Lance struggle. Yeah. I, I find it tough to say he struggled when I don't believe he struggled. I agree. I believe. Is he looked like a guy who played his first NFL game with limited snaps? Now, if he plays sixty snaps and all you got was that forty-six yards, then that's a whole different ball game. I, I just felt the vanilla offense, no motions, no shifts. The New York Jets didn't get the memo. They were running TE stunts, all-out blitz. They were doing things. That they were trying to win a football game and, and really get after and try to see what this offense is all about. And we just, I would use the word underestimated kind of what the New York Jets did compared to what we did. Yeah, I, going back to what you originally said. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. I opened the show and said there was a lot that wasn't great on Saturday, but the one thing I felt decent about is that Bryce looked fine. I mean, we're, we're in agreement on that, right? Like, I didn't see happy feet. I didn't see any panic. I, no, I saw no, a guy that got hit. I saw a guy got hit on, on three times on ten dropbacks. That's what I saw. When he got hit, did did they, I mean, did he make it? Was it okay? <laughs> because everybody talks about his size as if, like, that's a that's a death sentence. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, let me ask you this. Thursday, like I, I was following a lot along with a lot of the reporting, the ones versus the ones, the joint practices. Everybody, m- most people that I talked to came away saying at least Carolina should feel really good about the way they performed. Is that how you saw it? In in practice? Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, I talked to some some folks at the Jets, and they was like, "Hey, man, we came out flat, right?" Uh, bottom line, they said. I, one guy told me, uh, "You know, Brian Burns is like, bro." That's a different dude now. Yeah. So it was a lot. It, it was a mixed bag, right? At, at, and at the end of the day, I think the outcome of the game was not up to expectation. Now, I tell you, a guy that I thought struggled was Macarah. And why I say he struggled in regards to that kid can throw the football. But for whatever reason, he didn't at times display confidence in delivering a football. He double-clutched a lot, and I was really hoping that we can see a little bit more out of him because mentally he's been around the game for a full, full year, but that just shows you mentally, right? When you play the game mentally, 
But yet you also need to have the physical reps on the field to be able to apply it. Matt Corral, uh, Trey Lance, those guys struggled who had a year of sitting around, air quotes, watching other people perform. Steve Smith Sr., NFL Network analyst, Carolina Panthers legend. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Um, wide receivers, I, I've been hearing a lot of criticism of this group from the, of the national media this this past week or so, just saying, oh, there's not a ton of talent there, and you know, Adam Thielen's over the hill and all that sort of stuff. In an ideal world, Steve, what does the overall production from that room look like to make things work this year? Like, What do you think is the best balance of, of targets or catches or just however you see that? What's the ideal situation coming out of that room? Uh, compared to what has happened last week, you know, having guys, you know, having a guy catch more than three passes, right? Yeah. Having a guy um, catch a pass, scamper down the field, and show a little bit, a little bit of yak. I believe, especially the fact that DJ Moore caught a sixty-yard, a sixty-two-yard pass, right? That that he scampered off. There's always going to be this this comparison. What did the other guy do? The guy that we let go, what is he doing? And, and that's rightfully so. I think out of this, out of this group of guys, I don't believe it's a. Even in a group of committee, you're always going to have one guy who's considered wide receiver one, two, three. I think over time we'll see. On paper, the elder statesman always gets the passes being wide receiver one. I'm not necessarily sure that will be the case here. I think it, it it can it has an opportunity where one of the young guys, DJ Chark, Jonathan Mingo, TMJ, LaVisca Chanel, Shai Smith, Weems, or Mims, whatever one it is, those guys have an opportunity to say, Hey, I'm the I'm the top dog. We already know what Adam Thielen is. We also know Adam Thielen will not be on his team five years from now. Yeah. We know that. Who is the next guy who will be on this team five years from now that they're saying he's wide receiver one? I like that opportunity because you have guys who have shown you flashes, but now it's no the flashes no longer count. Got to show consistency because it's an open competition for wide receiver one for today moving forward in the next two to three years. How important is them? Is it for them to look better on Friday against the Giants? Whatever that means to you, because you know more about this than anybody else, and the approach you take in the preseason. I mean, Does it matter? Tell me, just yes, yes, it matters because you're go- one. You're going against a playoff team, right? The Jets were not a playoff team, but they have playoff players this year, right? Is that fair to say? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. The New York Giants were a playoff team, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, even though the Jets weren't a playoff team, so technically you get to measure yourself up with the team who's potentially going to be playing in January, February, and now you're going against a team who was playing in January. They're not going to come out there, right? You heard Frank; he said, "Hey, I got to do, I got to do some things differently. We got to give our guys a, a better chance to look better." So, I would imagine this game plan and execution intensity. I would believe should be better. Now, if they come out there and it's 27-0 again, mm-hmm. oh, I, I yeah, it's going to be a tough broadcast for me. <laughs> <laughs> 
tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan.